the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For the good thing that I want to do, I don't do it. But I practice the very thing that I don't want to do. The thing that I hate. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 9. Maybe I should say Exodus chapter 9 a little later, (laughs) but I entitled this message, Still No Change. Have you ever looked at someone like a family member, a close friend, someone that you know really well and say, you know, I've known them for decades and there's still no change in them. Maybe they're prone to anger, you know, those outbursts of anger. Maybe they lie and cannot be trusted. Or maybe there's a particular sin they just can't stop. And again, after decades looking at their life, all you can say is, you know, they still haven't changed. But if the truth was known, we all have some areas in our lives that we willingly overlook. Areas that we've allowed to go, may I say, un attended? Areas that we simply have chosen to look the other way. Yes, I'm sure we all have one or two areas that we've dealt with for many years in our life, and they're areas that we're not proud of. It was the Apostle Paul that went into detail on his own frustration with his own weaknesses. He didn't share what that particular weakness was, but that's okay, for we also don't have to go share our weaknesses with everybody either. You know, those areas of of hardship or struggle that, that we struggle with. But we know what they are, and guess what? The Lord knows what they are also. And He knows that we're prone to stumble in those things. But one thing for sure, acknowledging those areas and truly seeking the Lord for His help in finding victory, in overcoming our weaknesses, is a humongous start in overcoming them. That's what Paul did in Romans chapter 7. He seemed to come to a place of extreme frustration with the very thing that he struggled with. As he said in Romans seven fourteen. he says, for we know that the law is spiritual. He's saying, you know, look, God is spiritual, but I'm still a flesh sold in the bondage of sin. For what I'm doing, talking about his struggle, he goes, the thing that I'm doing, I do not understand. For why am I not practicing what I would like to do instead? But I'm doing the very thing that I hate. He goes on in verse 19, he says, for the good thing that I want to do, I don't do it. But I practice the very thing that I don't want to do, the thing that I hate. He says, I find in the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Look, he's acknowledging like, look, oh my goodness, I want to do good, but I don't. I have this sin nature that's still inside of me. So then he says this in verse 24, wretched man that I am. 
Who will set me free from this body of sin and death? Hey, that's a great question. I wonder if there's anyone listening on the radio right now, you've wondered that same thing about yourself. Like, I'm a Christian. I I love the Lord. I'm following Him. But I'm still doing these things that I, I really don't want to do. You know, does that sound familiar? And does the Apostle Paul right here sound like a frustrated man? Does he sound like a man who's battling with that area of sin? A man who is just simply sick and tired of being sick and tired? Well, of course it sounds like that. And all of us have been at that same crossroad in our life. Listen, I know I've been there a few times. Paul was so discouraged in his own failure that he called himself wretched. You know, that term wretched in the Bible, it means that Paul felt like he had become nothing more than miserable, brokenhearted, pitiful, and dejected. As he cries out, who will free me from this body of sin and death? This is the same place that we all arrive at some point or another. Because why? The devil points his little finger in our face and he says to us, you call yourself a Christian. How could God ever love someone as pathetic as you? You're nothing more than a hypocrite. And if I were you, the devil says to us, I would never show my face in church again. And that's when some Christians will actually put their armor on the devil and say, you know what? You're so right. You know, who am I trying to fool? I'm a pathetic hypocrite. How could God love a miserable wretch like me? Thank you, devil, so much. Hey, listen, Christian, stop buddying up with the devil. Don't put your arm around him and agree with him, even when he's right. You never agree with him. We cannot listen to the devil's voice along with his tainted truth. For the accusation that he makes against us, well, Many times is true. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 10, it says he's the accuser of the brethren that checks him with God, and he points his finger at us. I could see him up there right now like, oh, Lord, what are you going to do with that pathetic pastor there in Los Angeles, California? I mean, look at him. There he was on the freeway going in to record this message on the radio, and he was going over the speed limit again. And guess what? Well, he was right. Oops. (laughs) Oops. <laughs> anyway, but he does that tainted thing against us. Listen, Paul immediately, though, once he says, oh, wretched man that I am, in verse 24 of Romans 7, he comes to his senses in the very next verse because he says, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says, it's only through Jesus that we can survive. It's only through Jesus and his grace and his mercy. Then he goes right into Romans 8.1. Now, man puts the chapter breaks in. This was a bad place to put a chapter break because the first verse of Romans 1 goes right after the last verse of Romans chapter 7. So when he wrote it, there was no chapter breaks. And what does he say in the first verse? What's the very next continuing thought? He says, therefore, therefore, what do you mean therefore? What's the therefore, therefore? Because of what he just said. Who's going to deliver me from this body of sin and death? Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says in Romans 8, 1, he says, There is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And by the way, that's where that verse ends. Now, if some of you have a King James Bible or a New King James Bible, guess what? 
that verse goes longer. But it is not in the original text. In fact, if you have a good Bible, it'll have a little mark there, and it'll say the rest of this is not in the original text. And what does it go on to say? It goes on to say, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, then you could just say, well, I wasn't walking after the Spirit. I was walking after the flesh, so therefore there must be condemnation in my life. That's why the rest of that verse was never written, because it doesn't make any sense. Because the thought here is in context Paul was saying there's no hope for us outside of Christ. But with Christ, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And you can't add that rest on that says, who walk not after the flesh. When is there ever condemnation? It's when we're walking after the flesh. So it makes no sense. And if you have a good Bible, it'll have a little mark there and it'll tell you that is not in the original text. So it's Therefore, if you're a Christian, you're listening on the radio, there's no condemnation for you if you're in Christ Jesus, period. And that's it. But let's take a moment here before we get into Exodus chapter 9 to grasp onto the solid biblical principle here of how we as sinners are renewed. And it all starts, of course, where? When Jesus died on the cross for you and me, he bore our sin on his body. Think about that. Everything we've done, he bore it on his body. And we as Christians, we really need to grasp onto this. Now, I want to take a few minutes here and explain to you how this works. Now, this is going to be really important for you to listen. So, hey, listen, if you're all distracted driving, just look at the road in front of you. Don't hit anyone. Watch where you're going. But listen right now. Okay, we're going to take a look at two different words, and I want to define these two different words. This is going to really help you understand how this works. How do we as Christians, even though at times we still sin, how does God still love us? Well, here's two words to define here today. One of them is justification, and the other one is sanctification. Okay, so what do these two words really mean? Number one, justification means being made just as if we've never sinned. So justified means just as if you've never sinned. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, okay, because we just believed, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. You've been justified because you believed in God by faith, just like Abraham was made righteous by faith because he believed God. Because he believed God, he was made righteous. The word righteous means in right standings with God. We believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He justified us. We were made just as if he never sinned. Now, sanctification means a process of being set apart and made free from sin. So it's to be purified. Now, Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter 1.14. He says, Now, as obedient children, do not be conformed to your former lusts, which are yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Okay, so when we come to know Christ as our Savior, look, before that, we were what? B.C., before Christ. We were heathen dogs, okay? I mean, I had so much sin in my life, it wasn't even funny. But once I came to know Christ, the sanctification process starts, meaning God wants me to be holy just as he's holy. Well, didn't you just say I was justified? I was already made holy? You were. That's what he did as soon as we gave our life to Christ. But we have to walk it out. Sanctification is the process of walking it out. 
So now, with the proper understanding of these two terms, follow me here for a minute. Are you following me? All right, listen up. Justification is an act. God did it. He just did it to us. And we must believe and accept it. God justified us. Sanctification is a work. It's a work on our side to walk it out. And God is at the root of that work. You know how? Well, Jesus broke the back of sin on the cross, right? And God gives us the Holy Spirit with his power to overcome sin. Remember, the Bible says, do you not know that you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And I love that verse in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Now, I hate verse 12 and I love verse 13. It's a love-hate relationship. Because why? Verse 12 says, okay, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Hey, what? If I have to work out my own salvation, it's definitely going to be with fear and trembling. But he goes on in the next verse and says, because it is the Lord who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we're not actually working it out. God's working it out in us and giving us the strength to work it out. Hey, why are we going into all this detail right now? Because at Core Church Los Angeles— We speak the truth of God's word. We don't compromise. And it's like we have to understand all assets. Now, some people just tune into Bible programs. Here, bless me, Lord, and bless me, and tell me how blessed I am. I was talking to this plumber, and he said to me, he goes, hey, is God going to bless my life? And I said, well, look, some pastors just look at you and say, yes, God's going to bless you. But I'm not going to tell you that, because it depends. If you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, are you walking in his commandments? Because I'm not just going to say God's going to bless you, because God is not just going to automatically bless us. But those children that are his, that are born again, that are following him, yes, God will bless you. But we have to understand the ins and outs of God's word. And again, that's what Core Church Los Angeles is all about. So I encourage you, not only listening on the radio, but you can also download our free app. You know, it's at the App Store. It's free download. And there is hundreds of video messages on there that you can watch. Maybe you have a friend in Timbuktu. Maybe they live in Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Who knows? But you could even encourage them to download it, and they could be encouraged in their faith. So check that out at the App Store, Core Church Los Angeles. But here, getting back to our study here, again, understand, sanctification is a lifelong process. From the day that we give our life to Jesus, that's when it starts, until the day that we go into his presence and go into heaven and see him eye to eye. Now again, justification, it declares the sinner righteous. So God declares us righteous the second we give our life to him because we are justified. But sanctification makes the sinner righteous. And that's something we walk out our entire Christian life. Justification removes the guilt and penalty of sin, while sanctification removes the growth and the power of sin in our life. God is like a master interior and exterior decorator. He justified us on the inside and out by the washing of his own blood. Once we invited Jesus into our heart, we were instantly cleansed, 
Yet, there is a further cleansing needed on the interior of our lives, for we still have areas of secret recesses of sin in our lives, and they have to be dealt with. So sanctification is that process that God uses to make the sinner whom he has already declared righteous actually righteous. Does that make sense? It's walking out our faith. See, this is what gives the believer power. Like, if you just gave your life to Christ, but you stayed a party animal, you stayed a whoremonger, all of these things, there'd be no fruit of God in your life. And the Bible says, if you say that you know him, but yet you're continually living in sin still, you're a liar and the truth isn't in you. But the whole fruit or the evidence of you being a Christian is you allow God to start that sanctification process when you come to know him, meaning we all have different areas in our life, but you're working on those areas. You don't throw up the white flag and give up like, hey, I'm doing good on this, but hey, forget that. No, you keep working on it. The Bible says in Romans 6.10, for the death that he, Jesus died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, Consider yourself to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us we're dead to that sin now. See, when I was a heathen, I just did everything. And it's like I felt like I didn't really have any power not to do that. I just went where everyone went. I was like the dead fish floating downstream. But when we come to know Christ, he says we're dead to sin and we're alive to God. Now, does that make sense to you? You're thinking, well, I don't know. I'm kind of scratching my head here, Pastor. Can you go a little deeper there? Okay. It just means that we no longer have to sin. You don't have to sin anymore. Now you can say no. See, now you can love someone who's unlovable. Before, you just wrote them off like, hey, you're an idiot, so I'm cutting you off. But now, as a Christian, you don't have to cut them off. You can love someone that's unlovable. Why? Because We were unlovable, and God loved us. And if he can love us, he can love anybody. See, we can now forgive someone who's harmed us and caused us great misery. Where before, we just cut them off. I don't want to ever see that person again. But now, we can forgive them. Why? Because God's forgiven us. And we can maybe share Christ's love with them. And who knows, they might come to know Christ. We can now walk in the newness of life. Again, all this is possible because of the work of sanctification, because it's empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, who again lives inside of us, and he will help us if we seek his help. He will strengthen us if we seek his strength. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Again, if we seek his power and we seek his might, it will happen. I love that verse in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, but we have this treasure. Okay, so we have a treasure, and where is it? In earthen vessels. We're the earthen vessel. We're still on this side of heaven. We're still in a natural body. So we have a treasure, the Bible says, in this body. So if you're driving in your car right now, you have a treasure that God has invested in your body so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from yourselves. So God is saying, look, I've given you all power living inside of you to conquer the areas that have conquered you in the past. So every area of sin that you're struggling with, just know this, the power is available inside of you to overcome that sin. 
But the question is, have you given up on that? Have you thrown in the towel? Have you just said like, ah, you know, I've just kind of, I'm doing good here and I'm doing good there, but I've given up on this. Don't ever give up on an area. God wants us to be holy like he is holy, like we read earlier. So with that as a backdrop, you know, embrace this fact. Once we come to Christ, his justification and his sanctification process kicks in. All this works to our best because of what? Because of his mercy and his grace. Well, in the same way, when people reject God's grace and they reject his mercy, they don't ask Jesus in their heart as their Savior, and they refuse to humble themselves before God's mighty power, then God will deal with them according to his law of total perfection. So think about that. We're going to stand before God, and because we've asked him in our life, He justified us, and we've been going through a sanctification process. So when we stand before God, he looks at us sinless. But everybody else, you're going to have to stand before God and have to give an account of every sin. And you might look at yourself like, I'm a good person. I have a rescue dog. I rescued a chihuahua. He ate my couch, and I didn't even kill him. Listen, whatever. But know this. It's like you have sinned before God. You have done many things wrong. Every little lie, every cheating thing, everything you've ever done, every time you cheated on your taxes, every bad thought, every wicked thought you've had, you're going to have to give an account. And if you're not perfect, you're not going to heaven. You might say, wait a second, pastor. Hold on. No one's perfect. Exactly. And that's why we need Christ. But if you've rejected Christ, you will be judged. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, He said in the seventh chapter, many people will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, you know, didn't we do all these things in your name? He's going to say, depart from me, you cursed creature. I never knew you. Could you imagine going to church your whole life in some mainline denomination, taking communion, all of these things, but you've never really given your heart to Christ and you're not really walking with him. And Jesus says, depart from me. It would be horrific. That's why it's so important for us as believers to share Christ with those co-workers of yours. Share Christ with family members, your neighbor, because everyone's going to stand before God. The Bible says it's appointed to everyone to die. Every man, every woman will die, and after this comes judgment. So we need to share Christ. And if you're listening right now and you're not sure where you stand with the Lord right now, You need to get your life right with the Lord. You need to repent of your sin. Do you know what the word repent means? Repent means to stop walking in the direction that you're walking. Okay, so in a biblical sense, you know, it's to change directions. Stop walking in your way. Stop walking the way the world walks. Make a direction change. What? Anywhere you want to go? No, to the Lord. You need to repent Say, I'm going to turn from my sin. I want to follow the Lord. And if that's you, or maybe you've walked with the Lord, but you've fallen into sin, and you just need to get right with the Lord right now, wherever you're at, you pray this prayer. And if you're willing to turn from your sin, God is willing to forgive you and cleanse you. So pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart, and God will hear you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Of my sin. I believe that you died for me and that you were buried, but I believe you rose again. Come inside of me. Help me to walk with you. Be my Lord, 
be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man or woman be in Christ, they become a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything becomes new. Your sin is forgiven. Listen, I'd like to help you and encourage you in this walking relationship with Christ. I'd like to send you a Bible that's got all kinds of notes in it to help you with that and some other materials. So I need you to email me. That's right. It's a pretty easy email address. It's, you know, Bible at corechurchla.com. I mean, that's not too hard to remember, right? Bible at corechurchla.com. What do I need you to email me? Your favorite restaurant. No, just kidding. Email me your name and your address so we can mail that out to you. So mail me your name and address to Bible at CourtChurchLA.com, and we'll get that out to you. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.